0: Good morning. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to worship. It's so good to worship God on this beautiful day. God is good. He's faithful. He's worthy of our praise and adoration, and he's never lost a battle. Just give him praise right where you are because he's never lost a battle in your life. He's a good God. He's an awesome God. And we're just honored to be his children, honored to be his, his very own. It didn't have to be that way, but his faithfulness and his goodness to us allowed it to be this way. And I'm just grateful today. Welcome to everybody. Welcome to the ISOG family. And those who are visiting us, we welcome you in Jesus' name. We pray that God is keeping you doing this COVID season as we're moving forward, that you're moving forward in what God has for you. So I'm excited today. We're going to continue in the Word of God. We've been in the I Connect series. Uh, and This week, we're gonna be talking about I Connect, the community of faith. And, I'm just so excited because we see even what's happening in our nation that we need strong community. Um, it's not just the community in, in our nation, in our local area, but the church community must be strong, must be built up. Because those that we go forth in this next season are going to be imperative to our success. So I just encourage you. I hope you've been blessed. God is blessing me. I'm tired. You pray for me. I'm tired. I'm having a lot of conversations, not a lot of deep, deep conversations with people of all races looking for a path forward. But we know God is going to do great and mighty things through his church. And So be encouraged. I'm encouraged. Stay faithful. We're going to get into the word. You know, we've been in the first uh, John, the book of first John, and we're going to go to chapter number five today. The other passages of scripture that we'll consider, but we want to start with first John chapter number five. So if you grab your Bibles and turn there, 1 John chapter number five, and for just a cortex, we'll consider the first five verses. So we hear God's word. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen to the reading of his word. Let's pray together. Father, we bless you and we honor you. That we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your majestic presence in our lives, oh God. You keep us, you strengthen us. In all seasons, we turn to you, Father. And we thank you for your divine word. We thank you that it's truth. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to us even right where we are. Encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us to be the people you've called for us to be. And we just thank you for what you're speaking in this hour. And we bless you we honor you. And we trust you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I connect a community of faith. A community of faith. And I'm reminding us that our community is going to be essential to our success in this season moving forward. So we must have a community of faith. But it's times like this, at times where we're seeing, you know, the unrest and unjust in our nation, where we're going through a COVID experience that many people begin to question. Their faith. We've got to be honest about that. Many people begin to question their faith. And my heart today is particularly concerned about our, our younger generation that's, that's living through some things that are different and living th- through some things that are new and many generations have not seen. And I was just reminded of a story that came out recently of, of a young man. His name is John Steingard, um, who is a lead singer of a Christian rock punk band, um, called Nelson, Hawk Nelson, and he came out with a statement that shocked many, but it's not too shocking, is that after all this time, 28 or so years of his life, he's come to the conclusion now that there is no God. And so he's come to the conclusion that God does not exist. And here's a young man, we've got to understand, that is a son of a pastor. He, he grew up in the church. He's what we like to call it church babies. He, he was a part of youth group. He was a part of all the things related to church. Uh, he had a Christian label on him. He had a Christian family, and, and, and you're in a Christian band, and that label has always been with him. But he's come to a place where he no longer believes that God exists. And as he wrote, he said he was scared to write for the very fact that he was afraid of what he would lose. And we're honest, many times we don't come out of situations, we don't really speak up about how we really think because we're afraid of what we're going to lose. But he took the courage and he began to speak up about his position because he felt he no longer could be singing about God and and being a part of of a Christian band, but yet not believing in God himself. And he talked about how he had to deal and wrestle with things like, you know, why does evil and calamity happen in this world? And where is God in the midst of all of the destruction and all of the pain? And, and we can't look at him crazy because many of us ask ourselves those same very questions: where is God during COVID-19? Where is God doing racial injustice? Where is God during all of these issues and challenges of our life? And We have these type of questions, and we too sometimes have to wrestle with what we really believe. And we can't be fooled by how people look on the outside, and sometimes we'll we'll raise hands, we'll sing, we'll do all kinds of things. But it's really what's happening on the inside, because sometimes our inside, there's a struggle of of what we truly believe. Like we said, when we see issues of injustice, when we see things that are happening in our community, we're, we're almost like the children of Israel in the book of Psalms 137, where they were talking about when they were in captivity The the, the people wanted them to sing the songs of Zion, and they said to themselves, well, how can we sing the songs of the Lord when we're in a strange land? How am I supposed to put out a praise in the midst of the situation that we're going through? We're captive in this land. But I'm here to encourage us today that 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 13 reminds us that at the end of all things, there's, uh, there's love, there's faith, and there's hope, and they all abide. So faith, love, and hope, they still abide. And we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, uh, a community of love, and so we talked about that deeply. Not our kind of love, but the God kind of love. That love still exists, and, and so it gives us courage to move forward, and the greatest of them is love. And so love is still abiding. And we also heard, and, and those of us who know our history, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, he would always say, keep hope alive. And I can encourage us today to keep hope alive because Allah, uh, hope is still alive today and it's still abiding today. But what I really want to focus on is this thing called faith. And I want to challenge us that no matter where you are, to hold on to your faith. To hold on to your faith. You got to have a community of faith. And John is writing to the church something very important because he wants to clarify what's true from what's false. He wants to communicate the true essence of the faith because they were false teachers who had come amongst the people and were telling them things that were false about Jesus Christ. And he wanted to make sure that the people had the real faith. Because we got to be reminded of the fact that a little leaven destroys the whole loaf. And so when you see some error just beginning to to manifest itself, you've got to be able to deal with that because it will destroy the whole loaf. So a major sub-point that I want to first bring out to us today is we must be solid when it comes to the fundamentals of our faith. We've got to be solid when it comes to the fundamentals of our faith. The reason why we were studying the Bible and we're going through the subbook book called um, Big Truth for Young Hearts and we have this thing called Know to Grow is that we want to grow by knowing our Lord and Savior. And so we got to know him better. And in the week's reading, there was a question, is Jesus the only Savior? And you may, pass Pastor Tony, we're Christians. Why are you asking that? Because sometimes even Christians may wrestle in their own mind, is Jesus the only Savior? Can can I get to God through Buddha? Or can I get to God through Allah? Can I get to God through Taoism? Is Jesus really the only Savior? And so if you really think about that is, first of all, I must need to be saved then because what am I being saved from? I'm being saved from sin. I recognize that I have sin. So I need a Savior. I need somebody that can save me. But can't be somebody that's just like me because if you're jacked up just like me you can't save me so there's got to be some qualifications for a savior and the bible tells us that jesus was conceived of the holy spirit uh he was conceived of the holy spirit his mother was a natural a woman named mary but jesus was conceived by the father and the of, of the holy spirit we know that jesus lived a sinless life that he did not sin that he did not go against the father we know that jesus arose from the dead not only was he buried but he arose from the dead. And so he has some unique qualifications that make him a savior. And I would put to you today that yes, he is the only way to God. Yes, he is the only savior because he's the only one that has the qualifications to save us. You examine that for yourself, but we've got to be sound in our fundamental things of, of Christianity today. We've got to understand that I'm not a Christian because my mom and dad brought me to church and and they raised me up in the church, but I'm a Christian because I believe the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to push past just what our upbringing is because our upbringing in itself won't keep us. We've got to have a faith. Somebody say faith. Faith, defined this way, is assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. When we taught the series, More Faith, Less Fear, we had this definition that it's the assured reliance. In other words, I'm certain of this. I'm assured of my reliance on the character, the ability, the strength, and the truth of someone, and that someone is God. Mark eleven twenty two says, have faith in God. And so I, I have faith in God's character. I, I have faith in his ability. I have faith in his strength that he can do all things. I have faith. I'm assured. I put my reliance in his truth. That's important because we got to have faith in God. Major sub-point number one is our community must reinforce our faith. Our community must reinforce our faith. We've got to understand that we we can't have strong community with people who do not believe in the gospel because they cannot reinforce our faith. Hear me. I'm not saying that we do not need to have relationships with people who are not saved because we do. And there's a level of community there. But what I am saying, if you're going to be a believer in Jesus Christ and be all that you've, God has called for you to be, you've got to be in a community of believers that reinforce your faith. And John is telling them, he said, there are some people, and we're going to read it here in 1 John chapter 2, 18-19. through 19, It says, little children, it is the last hour as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, the Antichrist is have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. And what he's saying here is that, listen, some people are going to leave. See, these false teachers were teaching false stuff about Jesus, and they left. And what he's saying, they left from us, but they were never really with us. See, they, they, they thought and pretended to be like they really were a part of the faith, but they really were not a part of the faith. Because had they been a part of the faith, they would have remained with us in the faith. This is very important because some people will leave because they're not really with us. See, you can be a part of the crowd, but not necessarily be a part of the crowd in terms of what they truly believe. And so I just want to encourage some of us today that some of us should be glad that they left. Because there's some people that were in our community that once they've been exposed, they were not really part of the faith. They were not really encouraging us in our faith. They were bringing us away from God. They were talking negatively about God, talking negatively about the truth of Christ, and they were pulling us away from our faith. And so we've got to also be glad it's to some folk that moved away from us because they were not encouraging us in our faith, but they were detracting us from our faith. Their true identity, when the, when the light came on, we realized who they really were. I don't know about you, but I've had some people in my life that have gone, and and I'm glad they're gone because they weren't building me up in my faith. They they were wooing me in things that were a little bit different than what I know the gospel was really talking about, trying to get me to accept certain things. But I'm glad they're gone, not that I don't like them as people, but I need people around me that are going to assure me of my faith, that remind me of Jesus Christ, that when I'm I'm struggling and when I'm going through, they're not going to make me question God and say, curse God and die, but they're going to say, you "You need to go back. Back to the cross, you need to go back to who Jesus is and be pointed to the gospel and to be strengthened in our faith. And I'm here to encourage us and encourage some people because in this season our faith is in peril. And I know there's a lot of people out there, you may be even tuning in, you say, Pastor Tony. I, I'm going through some stuff, and I haven't been in church in a while. I, I haven't even been to service a while, and it's just, it's tough for me to even hit the click button to even tune online because I, I'm going through some stuff. I'm, I'm wrestling with some decisions. I'm wrestling with some trauma that I've had in my life. I've, I've had some heavy grief in my life, and, and this God thing has just really been tough for me, or I'm going through this COVID season, and you don't know how much finances I, I, I've lost, and, and I'm questioning where God really is in my life, and, and I'm struggling. And that's okay. I know people go through that particular situation. We have a lot of unanswered questions because even in those of us in the faith, we don't have answers to everything. I don't care if you're a bishop, you're you're the pastor, you're the deacon. We like to act like we have answers to everything. But let's be honest today. We don't have answers to every question. And sometimes stuff happens in our life that calls us to question our faith. And it reminds me of of Peter when Peter was, was thinking, I'm going all the way with Jesus. But Jesus had to tell him. Simon, Simon, which was Peter's name, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen the brethren. That's an encouragement for us today because even sometimes when we're going through and, and our faith seems to be on trial, we've got to be encouraged that Jesus has prayed for us and he is praying for us, that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. And believe me, if somebody can get a prayer into the Father, it's Jesus. I know sometimes we pray and act, we, we don't know, or we don't even understand whether God is hearing us, he does, but sometimes it feels like it's going on deaf ears. But when Jesus is praying for you, when you know that he's inter- Interceding on your behalf, that the Father is hearing Him. And He says, I prayed for you. Why? That your faith not fail. See, when we're going through some stuff, it's our faith that gets on trial. See, the enemy wants to challenge our faith. And when we're holding on, and, and, and if you've ever been there, you've, you've been going through some stuff, and you're holding on. It's like your, your hands get tired. It's like the skin of your fingers is, is about to slip off, and, and it's ripping. It's so like, you, God, if if this thing lasts just one more day, I'm going to let go. If, if God, if, if deliverance doesn't come soon, I don't see how I'm going to make it because it's sucking me up all of my strength and I'm beginning to fail. I feel like my faith is not going to make it. But, but Jesus said, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. But he didn't stop there. He said something very encouraging. He says, and when you have returned to me, <laughs> see, he said, and when you have return to me. And some of us, we say like, hey, I'm out here. I, mean, I, I haven't been in my word. Uh, I haven't been in prayer. I'm struggling with some stuff. He says, yeah, but, but, but when you return to me, see, because that season's going to come to an end and, and you're going to realize that after you've gone through that your faith is still there. And it says, when you have returned to me, he says, strengthen the brethren. He says, in other words, you got to build up your community of faith. And I'm here to encourage some of us is that we got to have people who've been through some stuff to be able to encourage us in the faith. You, you can't have people around you encouraging you in the faith and they've never been through anything. You can't have people talking to you and trying to encourage you about what God would do in a crisis moment if they've never been in a crisis moment. If you've never had to roll pennies to, to try to pay your rent, if you've never had an affliction of your body, if, if you've never had somebody close to you die that, that you love so dearly and don't know what's going to make it or how you're going to go through, if you if you've never had those experiences where Satan is coming at you and most Multiple kinds of ways. He's, he's coming at you in spiritual ways. He's coming at you in mental, emotional ways. He's coming at you in, in natural, physical ways. If you don't understand that type of warfare, he said he's trying to sift you as wheat. He's trying to really cut you at the core of who you are to see if your faith remains. If you've never been there, it's hard to encourage somebody in the faith. But people who've been there can strengthen somebody else. Say, baby, I've been where you've been. I was getting ready to walk out at, on God, tell him to die and go wherever he came from. But he came through for me in the nick of time. He showed me that he was there when I didn't think he was there. He brought me out. Baby, you can handle this thing. Don't die right there because your faith's not gonna fade. He will uphold you with his right hand of righteousness. How do I know? Because I've been there. He said it in his word, but he did it for me. You're looking at me today and I may look like my hands are hallelujah, but my hands were down at one time. I wouldn't know, but my Mouth and give God a praise at one time because my faith was on trial, but God showed me that, yes, he is a way maker. God showed me that, yes, Jesus is the Christ. God showed me that, yes, he's the one that overcame sin and death and the grave, and yes, there's power in his name, and yes, that the same Jesus, that the God that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit still lives on the inside of me, and when I thought I was going out, when I thought I was going under, the Holy Spirit said, get up where you are. Don't die there. I've still got you. I know what I'm talking about. Now I can minister to a a community. You want to talk about faith? I got something to talk about because I've been there. You've got to have people who've gone through it. People who've gone through some stuff. That's why God allows us to go through stuff. He doesn't do that because he's trying to break us. He knows we ain't going to die in this thing. He's just trying to strengthen us so that we can strengthen the brethren. This is what God is doing. He's strengthening the brethren. We've got to have a community of faith. Don't settle for people who are not going to build you up in your faith. Don't settle even in the church for people who are not going to build you up in your faith. You got to have a community that reinforces your faith. It's time out for we can't make it, it's time for we shall overcome. <laughs> See, we're going to make it. See, you, you got you to be able to speak truth and life in this situation. We are going to make it. I don't know how we going to make it, but we going to make it. I need some folk with some faith. Because they trust in God. Second major point here is our community must remove obstacles to the faith. Our community must remove obstacles to the faith. Were you talk about Pastor Tony? This is what I'm saying. John saw the people. He understood that there were false teachers trying to put obstacles in the way. That's why he wrote the letter. He was trying to clarify some things. He's trying to remove false doctrine. He's trying to make it plain. And we've got to understand that we've got a generation of people, and particularly a, a younger generation, they leave the church, they walk away from the church, or they don't press into the deeper things of God because we block the truth with too many obstacles. We block the truth of the faith with too many obstacles. And one of the things that we see, and we're using this even in this nation, understand. Racism is an obstacle to the faith. As I'm having deep conversations with people, that's the take-home message we've got to understand. It is an obstacle to the faith. Hatred, injustice is an obstacle to the faith. When you go to minister to a person of color about Jesus Christ and they tell you they don't want to hear that because that's the white man's religion, that is an obstacle to faith. Because here's somebody that needs to hear the gospel, but now you have a blockage there that's keeping them from hearing the gospel because of injustice that we're doing. Here's what I'm saying. It's hard enough to live in this earth with stuff that we can't control. It's hard enough to live in this earth with famine. It's hard enough to live in this earth with pestilence. Come on, who wanted COVID-19? Nobody wanted. It's it's hard enough to live with the stuff that we got to live with, yet stuff we're bringing on our own selves because we're disobedient to what God is saying. We put obstacles in the way. And we got to have a community that's brave enough to say that we're not going to have obstacles in the way of faith. We want to see people come to know who Jesus is, and we're going to remove those obstacles. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 29 says this, he says, Jesus says to the, to his disciples, he's teaching, he says, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it away from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast in hell. In other words, Jesus is saying, If your eye is causing you to miss the mark, you need to go ahead and get rid of it. So was he literally talking about plucking out your eye? No. He was giving the example to say with that that level of intensity and force, you need to get rid of sitting out of your way so that you don't miss the boat. And we've got to understand that we've got to make some changes in our life and move some stuff out the way so that people don't miss the boat. We can't sit there and be passive about it and just let it linger when we see stuff in our way. Some of us, we got to get rid some of our habits even on our lives because our children are hindered by the gospel because of some of the stuff that we're doing. See, we might think it's okay for us, but we're blocking truth because if we're sitting here passively about some of the sin in our life, our children are thinking, well, if this is okay, then that's just okay. But no, they're they're missing out on the truth of the gospel. And that's what we've got to understand. Even as a nation, it's time to rise up and stop being passive about the sin of, of racial injustice. We can't just look at it passively and say well we got to look at other alternatives no it's a hindrance to the gospel it's it, it's a blockage to people coming to Jesus Christ and, and I want a community of folk that, that we're going to get rid of some stuff see we're not scared to deal with the blockages if we, we got to move stuff out the way with all of our energy that's what we're going to do because we want to see the gospel go forth we don't want to see people to die I don't want to die so I'm going to get rid of the obstacles that's the type of faith that you've got to have See, because the work that it takes is only going to come through Jesus Christ. And I got to trust the gospel. I got to trust his grace in order to do that. And that's the community we got to have. You got to demand that, hey, we can't be a lazy community. We got a community that moves the obstacles out of the way. Somebody say move them out the way. (laughs) We can no longer allow stuff, especially stuff that we're doing, even things on people that they can't bear. We put on all kinds of rules and regulations on folk that they can't bear. And it keeps people from seeing the truth of who Jesus really is. Move it out the way. A community that removes the obstacles. As we move forward, John is telling him, he's like, this is the intensity that we're talking about. The truth of the gospel. And I'm reminded of a wedding that I performed a number of years ago. And the couple, young couple, they were getting married. And, and the groom, he was a handsome guy. He was happy-go-lucky guy. And I've been a groom before. And all grooms will tell you, you're nervous. You're not walking down the aisle. You know, the spotlight's not on you, but you're nervous. You know, the bottom line is your single days are over. You're getting ready to move into something different. You've got a wife. You've got different levels of responsibility uh, you're excited about it, but you're nervous. At least I was. And I'll be honest. I, I, I was nervous. I try to look cool and calm and collected, but I was nervous. And this brother, he, he was a little bit nervous too, and he, he was a jokester, so he was telling jokes and, and, and being excited up at the altar. But when it came time to say the vows, he was still kind of jolly and telling jokes, but his wife-to-be, when it was time, she grabbed his hand, and she looked him dead in the eye and she was saying those vows and his whole demeanor changed i mean he got serious i mean tears started coming down his eyes because she was serious she was like what i'm saying to you i mean what i'm saying to you my expectations about this life going forward i mean what i'm about to say this ain't joke time this not play time this is serious And what I want to do is I want to grab the church today by the hand and say, this faith thing is serious. (laughs) It's it's not joke time. It's not plaything. But why we come together and who we are in Jesus is serious. It's, It's not about being Uncle Tony and this one. No, it's not just about that. But our faith in Jesus Christ, our community, our relationship, it's serious. We've got to mean what we say. We've got to understand the foundations and fundamentals of the faith. And I'm just going to say them very quickly. Not all of them, but here's what John is talking about. He says, number one, that Jesus is the Christ. Can we just say it plainly? Jesus is the Christ. Is the Christ. We're not debating about that. We're not arguing about that. We're coming out just like in John 2 22, 23, where he says, Jesus is the Christ. The water testified, I meaning Jesus was at his baptism, testified. The blood testified on Calvary's cross. It testified that he is the Christ. Chapter 5, verse 16. We understand that Jesus is the Christ. Number two, Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus incarnate came in the flesh. He wasn't A spirit that walked around and inhabited somebody else. No, he was the God man. He came in the flesh. Number three, and the Holy Spirit testifies of the fact. that The Holy Spirit testified at his baptism and the Holy Spirit is still testifying and regenerating hearts even now so that we can see that Jesus is the Christ. We're not arguing that. We're not debating that. That's what we've heard. That's what we know. And that's what we understand from the very beginning. Beginning. And lastly, that you cannot have the Father without the Son. And you cannot have the Son without the Father. If you have the Father, then you have the Son. And if you have the Son, then you have the Father. You cannot have God without Jesus. And so if there's no Jesus, you're not talking to the God of the Bible. You're not talking to the That's not your God, because he says that if you accept the Son, then you've got to accept the Father. and If you accept the Father, you must accept his Son. It's important. We can't waffle about these foundational truths of our faith. We hold them dear. This is what he says. Major point here as we're moving this thing along. He says, our community must believe in God and then in each other. I'm going to say that again. Our, our, our community must believe in God and then in each other. See, we all understand it. It. It's hard to be in a community that does not believe in you. You you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) It's hard to be in a relationship with someone or people that don't believe in you. It's difficult. God says that himself through his word. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, God is saying, don't even come to me. Don't even come in my space if you can't believe that I am. If you don't even believe that I exist, don't even bother come. You got to first believe that I exist, and then secondly, that I'm a rewarder of them who diligently seek me. See, I'm not a punisher of them that seek me. I'm not an abuser of them that seek me, but I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. That's who I am. We've got to believe in God. Think about it. What type of company would you have if the employer doesn't believe in the employees? What kind of company would you have? If your employer doesn't even believe that you're capable of doing your job, what type of relationship do you even have? You can't have a relationship like that. You've got to believe. What kind of school will we have if the teachers don't believe in the students? You've got to believe in your students, that they're, that they're smart, that they're, that they're gifted, that they're capable, that they can do the work. If, if you don't believe in them, our efforts towards them are going to fail. You've got to have faith. Our community must first believe in God and we've got to believe in each other. And here's what I'm saying is that God tells us very plainly, he said, you got to believe me when I say Jesus is the Christ because he's my witness and he's my one and only witness. (laughs) You ever gone to a court case or seen a court case where everybody calls like 9,000 different witnesses? (laughs) Well, God says, well, listen, I'm calling one witness and his name is Jesus. He is my evidence. He is my witness that I am who I am. He says, I sent Jesus and you got to believe his witness that Jesus is the Christ and that eternal life is only found in Jesus this is what he says this is what we have to believe this is what we have to hold true to each other it's our faith it's our faith and I'm closing right here listen I remember when I was growing up I wanted I wanted a goldfish you know you have a goldfish a lot of kids want a goldfish You ask your parents to bring you, you know, buy you a goldfish, and you bring the goldfish with a little bag, and you put the goldfish in a little bowl that you have. And you come home, you know, and you watch that little goldfish. But then one that tragic day, not too long after that, you come home, (laughs) and that goldfish is belly up. (laughs) That goldfish is dead. And you sad because your little goldfish is dead. And the reality. That goldfish can really live for a little while, a good while. But the reason why they die is because we don't maintain their environment. The reason why they die is because their water is, they got a poor water quality. The reason why they die is because the temperature isn't right. The reason why they die is because we ain't filtered anything and there's parasites in there and it kills them. That's why they die. But I'm here to declare to us in Jesus' name that people don't have to die because of a poor environment. We don't have to see people going belly up because of the poor environment. That's what John was doing. He said, I'm cleaning out this goldfish pond. I'm cleaning out this pond. I'm cleaning out all the false doctrine. I'm cleaning out all the false teachers. I'm cleaning out all the false stuff about the faith. But I'm going to make sure that people don't go belly up. (laughs) Because you weren't designed to go belly up. You were designed to make it. To the end. He says in chapter five, he says, if anybody believes that Jesus is the Christ, he is what? born of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you are born of God. I'm here to declare today that I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe that he's the only Savior. I believe that he's the only Redeemer. I believe that he is the matchless Son of God. I believe, I declare, I put my faith, my trust, my reliance on him that he is the Christ. And he says this, if you believe that he is the Christ and you are born of God, he says in verse number four that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I've got good news for you that if you believe that you are an overcomer, that means that I'm not going to die belly up because of a poor environment. But if I'm a true believer in Jesus Christ, I'm going to reach my destiny. I'm going to reach my purpose because I am an overcomer. I dare you to shout, I am an overcomer. If you're born of God, that means you're going to endure some stuff. Even if you're going through some sin, guess what? I'm an overcomer. Just because I'm in sin right now don't mean I'm going to be in sin always. If I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I am an overcomer. I can't be delivered from fornication because I've already been delivered. I can't be delivered from alcoholism because I am an overcomer. I can't be delivered from lying because I am an overcomer. I can't be delivered from racism. Why? Guess what? Because I am an overcomer. See, that's the goodness of the gospel, that even though it could have been 400 years of history, we can still overcome because of our faith. It's our faith that gives us the victory. We are overcomers. Overcomers, I can overcome doubt. Yes, I may have some doubts in my mind. Yes, I'm not completely sure about all things that I read in the scripture, but God will help me to overcome. I may not understand where all evil comes from, but if I stay in His Word, I'll overcome. I may not understand why sickness and poverty take out so many people, but I I will. I shall. I must overcome. Why? Because I'm born of God. And anything born of God, you need to tell yourself, I'm born of God. And I shall overcome. I might be going through some troubles right now. I might have some funny stuff in my bank account right now. But guess what? I will overcome. My heart might be hurt for the state of the nation. My heart might be hurt for the young people. But guess what? I will overcome. There may be trials in my home right now. There may be tension in my family right now. But guess what? I will overcome. I might be going through some grief right now. I've lost a loved one and I still can't seem to shake it. But guess what? I am in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that, I'm born of God. And because I'm born of God, I dare you to shout, I will overcome. It's my faith. It's my faith that gives me the victory. It's a community of faith that says, we're gonna overcome. Come hell of high water, I'm gonna overcome. I don't know about you but I'm sticking with Jesus I dare you to high five whoever's where you are in a safety distance way I'm sticking with Jesus I don't care what happens in my life I'm sticking with Jesus I don't care if money comes and money goes I'm sticking with Jesus I don't care what the world says I'm sticking with Jesus I don't care who needs I'm sticking with Jesus. I don't care what happens. I'm sticking with Jesus. I don't care if I get persecuted. I'm sticking with Jesus. I don't care if folk don't like me. I'm sticking with Jesus because he is the way. I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm staying with God. And I got a community of faith. And because we believe, we're more than conquerors. Because of him that loved us, we're going to get through this. We're going to get the victory. Victory is ours. It's already ours. Because of our faith. Hold on to your faith. Be a community of faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. Have faith in God. Give God praise. Give Him honor. Give Him glory. Right where you are, tell yourself I have faith. I have a community of faith. Walk with me in faith. Talk with me in faith. You ministry with me in faith. We believe in Jesus. We believe in his resurrection. We believe he's coming again, and we ain't going belly up. You're not gonna walk into church and see me belly up. I might be face down laboring before the Lord, but I guarantee you I ain't gonna be belly up. I'm not dead. God's not dead. I'm an overcomer because of my faith. Give God praise, give him glory. Don't be dismayed, whatever be time. God will, he will take care of you. It's your faith. Hold on to it. Get a community of faith. <laughs> we need faith. We believe. <laughs> it's late, we gotta go. You're still getting dressed, I know. But I'm telling you, we gotta have a community of faith. Who we're hanging around with gotta be people of faith that believe in this Jesus. Because this is the victory, even our faith. Somebody may be listening today. You say, I've heard this message about this Jesus and I need a savior. If that's you today, I wanna pray with you. You wanna give your life to the Lord for the very first time or you want to rededicate your life to the lord say god i've walked away but i'm back now i remember you i'm back now receive me just say this prayer just say jesus i confess my sin i've fallen short of your mark forgive me today come into my life be lord of my life and i will follow you the days of my life i thank you that i'm forgiven i put my faith and trust in you and it's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've given your life to the Lord, we celebrate. Heaven celebrates. This is what it's all about. If there's information on the screen. Reach out to us. Let us know that I've given my life to the Lord so that we can reach out to you and get you plugged in, even in this virtual space. Those of you who want to join the church, you're already a believer. You already know the Lord. and You hear God saying, this is the place. For me to work out my soul salvation, there's information on the screen for you. Also, just reach out to us. Say, I want to join the church. We'll get back to you. We'll reach out to you. We'll connect with you, so that you can connect with the community of faith. I'm excited about what God is doing. Just continue to pray. We're not out of this yet. In a lot of ways, we're just beginning. I know I'm already emotionally tired. I'm I'm spent. I'm telling you, I need God to refresh me. But I know that I'm over. I'm an overcomer because I have the faith, I have faith in Jesus and I have you as my community of faith. I wanna take up our offering. As you get your offering, we wanna pray over it, but I wanna give um, an update or announcement here. I don't have all the details, but we're gonna be marching for Christ for justice in this upper Montgomery County area. We're standing against injustice and the church needs to take its rightful place and stand against injustice. So there are pastors who are working on it. We're trying to do it next Saturday. I'll get the information out to the church. But next Saturday in the afternoon, we want to be out strong as a church. Say the church denounces institutional racism and we stand for, for justice and unity as a body of Christ. I'll get that to you, but I just want to let you know that it's coming. We're moving forward in what God has called for us to do. The church is not closed, the building may still be closed. The church is not closed. We are on a mission. I still got my wristband. I hope you've got yours. I'm on assignment because the gospel of the kingdom must still be preached to a new generation. Let's bless our offering today. Thank you in advance for your faithful giving. God is keeping the church. We thank you for your obedience to his word. Blessed hearts of gratitude as God has blessed us, as we give back to him what he's required, what he's asked of us, with gratitude that he's kept us this far. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we bless you, because you've given to us a portion of health and strength. You've given us finance, oh God, you've given us increase. Whatever that is, God, we give back our tenth, our tithe to you, we give back our offering to you, and we say thank you for the privilege of giving to you, and we thank you that your ministry can go forward, and we thank you that you're blessing the 90, that we'll have all of our needs met, that there'll be no lack in the body, and your people will help each other as needed so that we all prevail. And we bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, we love you. God bless you. Please listen to the announcements. We thank you for tuning in. Remember, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. And you are more than a conqueror through him that loves you. A community of faith. God bless you. Have a great week.